Provide a platform for a discussion of pro-life, pro-Christian, and pro-American constitutional principles in the light of current and historical events. America, bless God. And now let's join the host of Your American Heritage on Wham Talk 1692.7 FM, Ed Bondarenka. Thank you, Derek Stone, the man behind the curtain. Good afternoon and welcome to Your American Heritage, where we talk about the two things you're not supposed to talk about, religion and politics. So um, first off, let me remind you that these shows are available via podcast, okay? If you want to go back and listen, you missed it, you missed the spot, somebody was talking to you, uh, asking you a question, and there was some content you missed, uh, somebody honked at you while you were sitting there listening, and you got distracted, you can go to Google Podcasts, you can search and just Subscribe to American Heritage. That's what I do. That way I can listen to the show and see how bad I screwed up. Or you can go to whamradio.com slash podcast. Just go to whamradio.com and look for the podcast page and then click on the flag next to your American Heritage. And there you go. So welcome to the original social media. They haven't detuned us yet here at Wham. They may be able to censor the president. Uh, A number of other people are going to run by that. I think we should pray. Father, would you please, please lead and guide us in our discussion today and also please protect our nation. Please protect the people of the United States from tyranny. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I've got some guests today and um, I got some talking points. I want to I bring up what the talking points are first before I introduce our guests. So uh, one, do we give up or do we resist? And two, the Trump rally slash the storming of the Capitol building. And three, the censorship. And so for number one, you know, number one, do we give up or resist? I want to I want to play this for you again. Demain, la mélasse deviendra du cognac. Demain, la mélasse deviendra du cognac. Jean a de longues moustaches. Je répète, Jean a de longues moustaches. So that was <laughs> that was the broadcast over the BBC to the French resistance, the resistance to let them know that the invasion of Normandy was starting. So we're going to have to do some stuff via radio. Also, it seems if they're going to kick us off of uh, Twitter, Facebook, and the like. And probably go back to maybe even old-fashioned email and snail mail. Um, So I'm going to bring up, uh, let me go back. I'm going to finish off this thought before I introduce my guest, talking point one. So there was a guy who wrote something in December 23rd, 1776, and his name was Thomas Paine. And the title of what he wrote was The Crisis, and I'm going to give you an excerpt of it. You've probably heard some of this before. These are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier 
and the Sunshine Patriot will in this crisis shrink from the service of their country. But he that stands by it now deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. Tyranny, like hell, is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. Heaven knows how to put a proper price upon its goods, and it would be strange indeed if so celestial an article as freedom should not be highly rated. So I'd like to suggest, folks, if you bow out now, if you bow out now, and I hear people saying that, I'm done, I'm through, I'm giving up, no more politics for me, I'm going back to working on my boat, I'm going back to working on my car, I'm just going to do this or that. If you bow out now, please retract any previous claims to being a patriot. You are not Valley Forge material. Okay, So there was a Trump rally in Washington, D.C. last Wednesday. You may have heard about that. There was not a riot. There was not an insurrection. There was an attack on the Capitol building, not a liquor store, not a shoe store or a Walmart. And so as a result of this crystal knock, the persecution has increased. We have a couple of witnesses to what went on today, or rather Wednesday. We have them on today, I should say. And I, I called them and asked them, would they be willing to come on the, on the show today and talk about what they saw firsthand? So one of those is former... Congressman Kerry Benvolgil, Bentivoglio, I don't keep wanting to put a G in there for some reason, Kerry Bentivoglio, and the other is Ron Edwards. Uh, Edward is a name I can pronounce very easily, so, you know, there's that bias right there. So, gentlemen, welcome to the show today. Hey, Ed, thanks Thank for you. having me on. great to be I appreciate here. the opportunity. Good. So, uh, well, let's just start out. Um, Kerry, in a few minutes... Tell me what you saw when you were there, okay? You went there to the rally. You heard the speech. The speech is one thing. What did you see happen? What was the demeanor of the people in the speech? Let's run by that. And then what did you see happen? Okay, well, first of all, let me say that I was there on the 5th uh, visiting members of Congress because I still wear a pen, which allows me to uh, go through the, the police um as you enter a congressional building or the Capitol, I don't have to be inspected or x-rayed or any of that stuff. And I am free to roam as I please because I wear the pen. Once a member of Congress, always a member of Congress. You just don't get the right to vote or lobby. Um, but I did. I uh, have been out more than a year, so I do have a right to lobby. I wasn't paid by anybody. Nobody asked me to do this. And I asked um, as many members of Congress as I could to object to um, Biden's uh, election because of the fraud. And I talked about uh, how Michigan small businesses are suffering greatly. There's an astronomical number of people that are committing suicide, uh, domestic violence going on, uh, increase in drunkenness and drug use, and we need to uh, open up our economy and fight. And, uh, and then uh, on January 6th, in the morning, um, I went to uh, be on the floor of Congress, which I have a right to do. That's the only benefit I have um, after serving uh, two years in Congress is I, because I wear the pin, I can go on the floor of Congress and watch the proceedings. I cannot lobby or cannot vote, but I can be there. And I was turned away and told um, I'm not allowed in this particular thing because of COVID. 
even though I was wearing a mask, I wasn't allowed on the floor of Congress. And uh, uh, esteemed, excuse me, I, you know, got to respect the office, right? Uh, Speaker of the House made sure that I, especially me, wasn't allowed on the floor of Congress, even though they had guests in the lobby or, excuse me, in the balcony, which I was allowed to do. So I sat on the steps in the back of the Capitol and to watch the crowds gathering and uh, praying, singing songs, uh, waving their Trump flags with their children in hand, family. Uh, it was it was pretty wonderful. And I said, okay, well, if I can't be on the floor, I'll go mingle with my fellow patriots. And I walked from the back where the parking is to the mall side. Oh, my goodness. There must have been hundreds of thousands of people there. I didn't count them all, but there had to be more than a million and they were the same group, uh, you know, um, demographics, if you will, older folks uh, with their, you know, their husband or their wife, uh, kids in tow, all smiling and waving their flags and, you know, talking to one another and uh, singing songs, lots of praying going on. And then um, we uh, got closer to the center in front of the big Trump flag. And, um, you know, uh, this is when the, the uh, uh, gas was being put out. People were pushed past the barrier that the Capitol Hill police put up. And we, um, I'm, you know, a product of the 60s, and I understand what happens in these protests. And I saw um, about five gentlemen. Uh, they weren't in suits, but they were well-dressed of you know, probably in their late 20s, early 30s, uh, talking on the phone and yelling at the Trump supporters that, you know, that's not my president, you need to go and storm the Capitol. And they were on the phone, and um, we saw a group of people that were not wearing any Trump paraphernalia pushing people through the fence and telling them to seize the Capitol and all this other stuff. And uh, we realized that this was well-organized uh, anti-Trumpers, uh, and um, we tried to take a photo of them, but my phone was dead. But I wanted to see what would happen, and I lifted up my phone as so they could see that I was taking a picture of them, and they all turned their backs on us so we could not photograph their face. And I realized at that point that, uh, this, you know, this, uh, siege, if you will, of the Capitol was orchestrated and they were using Trump supporters that were caught up in the moment to, yeah, seize the Capitol, go into the Capitol and so on and so forth. I did not hear about the lady getting shot or any other thing. All I saw was, um, you know, the, uh, gas uh, this flashing bangs uh, used by some people. I don't really know who threw that because I've never seen a Capitol Hill policeman uh, use those tactics. They're very well trained um, not to use excessive force. These are they pretty awesome uh, professionals. And they, they, they um, like I said, they're very well trained not to harm people and so on and so forth. So, the information I'm getting now uh, really leaves me to uh, suspect that there's more going on here than this uh, Trump 
love fest, and that's exactly what it was, because I don't think any of those people, well, let me just put it this way. If there were a million people there, and I suspect that would be a, a, a conservative estimate, if they were wanted to riot, <laughs> you would be able to see D.C. Burning, burning in L.A., and that didn't happen. Those people were there in support of one of the greatest presidents this country has ever had. He's fighting a battle that none of us could fully can fully comprehend. And people okay. are fed up with the corruption, and um, they're fed up with the deceit, and all they're asking for is free and fair elections and an honest government. And that, right. in my opinion, is worth fighting for. I loved your introduction. I loved your prayer. I loved your Thomas Paine quotes from the crisis, which is what I used to teach as a high school teacher. Uh, I know the whole thing, and you, you, I know the um, from the longest day, uh, your quote uh, about John has a long mustache. Uh, yeah, you, you know, it's, it's time to step up, folks. Uh, we're about to lose our country if we haven't already done so. No matter what happens, no matter who, who is elected, you need to prepare. If you don't step up, um, uh, all I can say is, uh, well, <laughs> I fought for my country in two wars. I put on the uniform and went to Vietnam to fight communism, and all I heard was, I'm not going unless they're on our doorsteps. Guess what? They're here. I fought in Iraq protecting America from the terrorists, and I did my part. I wasn't a combat veteran then, but I was in Vietnam. And I will tell you, there are a lot of people out there that put their lives on, line, on the line for American values. Right or wrong, that's what they believed. And they have their coffins draped in American flag. They did not fight for communism. They did not that's fight right. for the corruption. They did not so, Karen, fight for dishonest elections. That's right. Kerry? Um, yes, sir. I want to play something for you guys, too. Along the line of what you were saying, Kerry, I, this is uh, something I, I picked up on YouTube. A bunch of people were being questioned, and this, this really struck me. Um, let's see if this works. Well, supporters, but I could tell by their conversation that they were looking to do. And I heard them say, we got to shake this up so that these people look bad. And I saw them break a window on the Capitol. I'm an emergency management coordinator in uh, Lehigh County, Pennsylvania. And these people were talking amongst themselves. And I was standing and listening behind them what they could do to make Trump's people look bad. Yeah, so that goes along with what you were saying. There are a number of accounts of, hey, if these buses pulled in with Antifa, and you know, uh, these white buses that we've seen before at other uh, uh, riots, and where actually the liquor stores were burned and the, the, the retail outlets were burned and looted and robbed, uh, what happened to those Antifa people? But we have also with us today, uh, we have Ron Edwards of the Ron Edwards Notebook. Uh, hi, Ron. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you uh, for the invite. Glad to be here. So what did you see when you were there? Well, I saw much of the same things that uh, Mr. Bentavoglio uh, observed. I saw, mil I believe it was well over a million people there. Uh, but one of the things we noticed, especially early in the morning, is how strategically um, Mayor Bauer, I mean Bowser, <laughs> um, 
had certain streets blocked off where we could not get into the ellipse. Then they allowed just a few people into the ellipse so that uh, it would look like there's only a few people when the cameras were on uh, were on there on the on the folks during the um, uh, president's speech. And then they blocked the streets again. So you couldn't get in. And so we were it, it really took uh, the, the an act of God almost to find a place to get in there where we could get close up to, to things. And, and so we had a camera crew there and, and stuff. And so they were able to get close and do some filming. But it took a long time, a lot of, as George W. Bush would, would say, strategery to get in there. But uh, it was very heartwarming because there were people not only from the United States, um, but there were people there from all over the world, Australia, uh, Great Britain, and elsewhere. Because the world knows what uh, is in the balance here, and that if the United States were to, and it will not, by the way, were to succumb to a Biden administration, they know they would be screwed. Uh, because uh, the globalist pigs and the Chinese are working together to bring harm and mayhem throughout our planet. But to get back to your question, what I noticed and what I observed and experienced was just a coming together, and I saw this 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 super... It's like a supernatural unity that is building between the American people from all walks of life, black, white, Hallelujah. whatever, all, all across the board. And so there were a lot of discussions. There was a lot of prayer going on and the love for our president. I haven't seen love for a president at this level since Ronald Reagan, and I think it supersedes that. And uh, mm-hmm. since um, uh, there was... It was like two things at one time. The the city of Washington, D.C. itself, very, very, very depressing. It's very depressing to see the capital, the world's most powerful nation, in a decrepit state because the thugs were allowed to destroy and wreak havoc in the streets. And they were called peaceful. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. The criminals, the criminals, uh, the Antifa, the Black Lives Matter folks, they were angry, right? At supposed problems or whatever. What do they do? They go after the entities of our society that are a blessing, that can help solve problems through prosperity. But what I saw <clears throat> with the patriots in D.C. were people there protesting against the government. Their, their animus was towards the government. Rightfully so. Not at businesses. By the way, uh, Governor, I mean, um, Mayor Bowser had most of the restaurants closed, hotels, um, the things that were open. In fact, uh, the uh, Black Lives Matter people were going around threatening the few restaurants that were serving MAGA folks. Now, they were allowed to do this. And what also happened was, was not so nice an 82-year-old man was drenched in tear gas. There was another group of people that were drenched in tear gas. One of them is going to be on an upcoming um, edition of my own talk show. Uh, she's from uh, Colorado. And these people were peaceful. They were doing no wrong. They were doing no harm whatsoever. And yet, just it's like, and the police just sprayed them. And and by the and we were warned: do not trust the Washington D.C. police because they are on the other side. They've gone to the dark side, and so um, 
I what you know I I can't the conclusion I came to is that I would not be shocked beyond belief if the idea that has been going around in my head for the last two years came to fruition and they decided to move the capital. I think they they may have to move the United States Capitol to another location. Why would you say that, Ron? Well, the reason why is because the entire population of D.C., they're right now, they're chomping at the bit to make it another state. They're hoping to do that because it's like a race to beat the clock. President Trump has been working to get rid of the corporate uh, aspect of America and put her back on the original organic constitution. He's been working on those 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 develop, those kind of issues, and so you've got these people, the corporate guys, and you know what that's all tied to, the corporation limit people, to keep D.C. in the in the manner in which it is, and if they now they do have the Senate. They want to literally, that's one of the first things they're going to go for is to make it another state because they can't win the battle of ideas. So they got to get more uh, Congress people by adding another state. And you're going to hear about uh, Puerto Rico also. The new you know, I got I to interrupt you there. I, yeah. I keep hearing about Washington, D.C. becoming a state. I mean, they do all kinds of unconstitutional things, but <laughs> that would be kind of a Big one, you know, and Puerto Rico has regularly voted not to become yes. a state. So I don't know how that gets rammed down their throats, but we'll have to see how that plays out. And you mentioned well, the love for President Trump. And I got to I'm, I'm thinking to some degree. I hope that translates into a love for the things that President Trump espouses, because when President Trump is no longer uh, active and I, I hope he will be for a while, but. I, I don't see him running in another four years. It'd be a bit older then. I don't know. He's, he's been a workhorse up till now. But it's the ideas that, of President Trump we have to get behind, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because it's, it, it's, that's what it's about. It's a battle of ideas. And by the it's, way, I may be the only person in Michigan who, who believes this, that despite how everything up to this point has transpired, I believe that because of certain illegalities that have been allowed to permeate and other details that are going to be dropping forth very soon, I do believe that we will experience the second term of uh, President Donald John Trump. It doesn't look like it on the surface, but when you dig deep, it can happen because there are certain things that have been done that are totally illegal, more so than what we already know on the surface that, that everyone knows. But there are things that right. uh, it's going to be uh, puked out soon. And uh, it, it's going to make uh, Biden and others look very bad. I mean, really bad. Right. And they're not right. going to be able to they're not going to be able to, to, to take their term. Kerry, do you have an opinion on that? Yeah. Yeah. A uh, couple of things. Washington, D.C. being a state. Uh, one thing that scares me because I don't want Eleanor Holmes to have a vote on floor Congress. Uh, she's she's a whack job. She's totally crazy. Uh, she wants to put traffic cameras everywhere and control every bit of your life. Um, two, um, they, if she had the votes, there would be one congresswoman from Washington, the state of Washington D.C., if you will, 
And the second thing is they already have a senator, uh, so to speak. Um, uh, we have two senators from Ohio, for instance, uh, and we have one from Washington, D.C., and he's uh, the vice president. So he gets to vote on uh, the Senate floor, uh, and he has restrictions, of course, and opportunities, but he, we, they already have a senator uh, representing um, Washington, D.C., so okay. to speak. Okay, um, Kerry, the, we got to yes, talk sir. after the break. Hard break. Okay. Yep. We were made to be courageous. We were made to lead the way. We could be the generation that finally breaks the chains. We were made to be courageous. We were made to be courageous. We were warriors on the front line. Now let's rejoin the host of Your American Heritage on Wham Talk 1692.7 and FM, Ed Bondarenka. Thank you, Derek. And joining me today are Carrie Benvolio and uh, Ron Edwards, Ron Edwards Notebook. And they recently described by somebody, and I'd like to play that description of both these gentlemen. They should be treated as they're a bunch of thugs, insurrectionists, white supremacists, anti-Semites. Six N is not enough. I mean, come on, you know, these shirts they're wearing, these are a bunch of thugs, thugs. And they're terrorists, domestic terrorists. So what do you guys think of thug life? Uh, Kerry, you a thug? Well, he was talking about Antifa and BLM, which is the modern-day equivalent of the Students for Democratic Society and the Weathermen. Yeah, you know, they are thugs. Uh, the Weathermen, the SDS, and the uh, BLM and the uh, Antifa, yeah, they're a bunch of thugs. I'm sure that's who he was talking about, right? Because, uh, oh, yeah. but I don't understand what that he means by shirts. Thought. They weren't wearing anything. Um, uh, they were just dressed, you know, uh, like people, except they didn't have any Trump hats or Trump flags. Um, they were just uh, pushing the crowd. Uh, they were behind several lines of the crowd, uh, pushing the people, the good people that just wanted to get close uh, through the fence. Um, a lot of people turned around and ran back because they crossed the fence. They knew they shouldn't have crossed, but they were pushed forward by about 200 people that didn't have uh, T-shirts on because it was too really cold. And um, mm. in fact, they weren't wearing any Trump um, uh, clothing whatsoever. So that's who Biden was talking about, right? The Antifa and BLM, or am, am I I'd mistaken? Like I'd like to add something. Biden was actually talking about himself, his son, Mrs. Yeah. Clinton, Mr. Clinton, yeah. all the Democrats, nasty Pelosi, crazy way out waters, <laughs> Maxine. Oh, wait a minute. Kamala Harris. You know, the whole ball of wax there. That's who he was and talking about. You and Ron, I could give a great big hug right now. I'll tell you. Thank you for doing this. <laughs> this is pretty awesome. <laughs> Yeah, a couple of thugs like you, you know, yeah, thug life. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so the next thing we want to talk about then is uh, we kind of covered do we resist or not? I think definitely we need to resist. Um, what we're looking at now is a kind of a censorship that's coming up. And, and folks, stay tuned for a moment of clarity because Pastor Rick let me know that we're going to be talking about 
uh, how we go forward over the next couple of years, what we need to do. And I was hoping to talk a little bit about that here, but you know, time constraints and all. I wanna go on to discussing the censorship. And right now, um, as I mentioned earlier, I think that there was no attack on the Capitol building. It's not a liquor store, not a shoe store, a Walmart was burned. But it's being portrayed as this most horrible, heinous activity. And so, in a sense, it's a crystal-knocked moment. And if you're familiar with history, and I know my two guests are, some people may not be familiar with the name crystal-knocked. But this was a setup that the Nazis performed just before the major persecution against the Jews. I think they... Uh, they they destroyed a number of buildings and did they not burn the the Reichstag? Is that right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. So they they burned the Reichstag, the government building, and then blamed it on the Jews. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they're just they attack. We see that this was a, a leftist inspired attack on our Capitol building, and they're blaming the Trump supporters. It's a setup. And it's such the persecution is increasing on American citizens who are Trump supporters. Voices are being silenced. They're being marginalized. There's an NPR headline. More than a dozen Virginia GOP state lawmakers attended rally that gave way to riots. So can't vote for those guys. And then the San Francisco gate says Bay Area candy store facing calls for boycott after owner seen at Trump rally. After owners seen at Trump rally. So then Sidney Powell, Mike Flynn, President Trump lose their Twitter. Parlors clicked off, kicked off the uh, Android and iPhone apps. But I want to tell you folks, you can still use the website on your phone to get the parlor. And there's still MeWe. So uh, I'm wondering if this is a tactical mistake on their part. Uh, but I want to play something here about persecution right now. This is the Edwards Notebook, and I think it's kind of apropos, I think is the way you pronounce that word. So here we go. The Apostle Peter wrote words to persecuted believers, encouraging them to persevere for the person and message of Christ. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, Apostle Peter provided a divine perspective for those suffering unwarranted persecution so they could strongly endure without wavering in their faith. Having been born again and living a life of hope, they are to imitate the Holy One who himself suffered and to rely on his strong presence when they suffer. As commander of the Allied forces in Europe during World War II and later president of the United States, Dwight D. Eisenhower also knew a great deal about the strength of men and women in difficult times. Eisenhower stated, quote, the spirit of man is more important than mere physical strength and the spirit fiber of a nation than its wealth. The Bible is endorsed by the ages. Our civilization is built upon its words. In no other book is there such a collection of inspired wisdom, reality, and hope, unquote. Such words must be applied to the American election process where wisdom and truth must be applied or forget about it. I'm Ron Edwards. The Ron Edwards American Experience on Mojo 5.0. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. 
<laughs> well, there we go. You get a double dose of Ron Edwards today. But that's so so uh, uh, apropos, like I said, of of what's going on. And so, and he sounded like got... Eisenhower. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> it really, he could well, do an impersonation of Eisenhower. Yeah. It sounded just like he would talk. Very good. Well, Very, thank you. well professional no idea, but thank you. <laughs> um, folks, the phone lines are 734-822-1600. Uh, 734-822-1600. If you want to call in and ask either of these gentlemen what they saw, yeah, if you have a brief opinion on what you've seen. I'm, I'm, I'm loath to say what I saw via video because I have no idea what I saw. I saw a lady get shot. I saw it three different times from three different angles. And finally, I kind of became convinced she should perhaps, uh, her shooting might have been justified for what she was trying to do. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, Ed, I, go I got to interrupt you there. Capitol Hill yeah. police are different than D.C. police. Capitol Hill police are responsible for protecting the Capitol camp, uh, campus. That's the Congressional and Senate office buildings this, and the uh, Capitol building itself. And uh, when it comes, there's a limit. They have a line they can't cross that the D.C. police uh, cover. But uh, in answer to your, or yeah, in answer to your question that you originally originally proposed was, what can people do? Now, I'm a Christian. I pray a lot. Everybody should be praying. But you have to understand, um, because you're a good Christian, uh, you know, if the Romans uh, marched you into the middle of the Colosseum and to, to the enjoyment of the audience, fed you to the lions, the first thing they did was got on their knees and prayed. But they still got eaten by the lions. Um, <laughs> so... My my thing is, um, you know, I'm I'm a great believer, but there comes a time where you have to put that stone in that sling. There is a time where you do have to fight back. Now, um, he, uh, you know, that uh, pro, uh, starts it is uh, is is just as bad as they are. But in defense, you have a right to do that. Now, getting back to uh, the military, uh, for all those folks out there that just want to pray about this, uh, wrong answer. You, you, uh, reminds me of the story about the gentleman standing on his porch and the water's rising yeah. and a truck comes by and says, Hey, can I give you a lift to dry ground? And he says, no, God will provide. And he said, uh, now the water's up to the second floor and he's hanging out the second floor window and a boat comes by and says, Hey, can I give you a help? And he says, no, God will provide. And he's on the roof. The helicopter comes over and says, hey, can we yeah. give you a lift to higher ground? And he says, no, God will provide. He dies and drowns, of course, goes to heaven. And he says, God, I thought you would protect me. And he says, I tried. I sent you a truck, a boat, and a helicopter, and still you wouldn't take my help. So yeah. We, yeah. there's a point you know, in time where we have to prepare. You, No matter what happens, and this is very important to all your listeners, no matter what happens, in the future, good or bad, uh, you need to be prepared because there's going to be a real serious upheaval in our country. Uh, I don't believe or trust the Democrats one iota. They have a record of going after conservatives. Okay. There's business people. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I got you. I got you. And that, that's great. I wanted to give uh, uh, Ron an opportunity to, to react to that. And then I have something I'd like to say about it, too. But go ahead. 
Ron? Thank, thank yep. you very much. Uh, you know, we have to fight. Kerry uh, is correct. And uh, one of the, I guess, horrible aspects of uh, the Christian belief in our country has been, you know, to turn everyone into Wimpus Americanus Apologeticus and just get on your knees and pray and this, that, and the other. Well, if that were the case, the founding fathers, who most were Christians, by the way, would not have listened to the Black Robe Regiment, who were yes. Christian ministers who led the fight, who put the fire under the backsides of the founding fathers and got that ball rolling. Unfortunately, too many of our church leaders of today have gone to sleep in that aspect and are themselves wimps uh, when it comes to fighting against evil. They talk a good talk sometimes, but their fight is uh, non-existent. And so it's incumbent upon we the people to not take it anymore. And we have to go after the government. We're not criminals, so we're not going to be running around burning down businesses that uh, are a blessing to our nation. But we are going to have to take it to the government. And the longer we wait to stand up, the more difficult the fight will be when we get fully involved. You, you understand? Oh, it's like cleaning a house. The longer you wait to mop the floors and do whatever you have to do, the more difficult the, the, the cleanup is. And it's high time. Uh, what is it? Uh, which founding father that stated, I think it's Thomas Jefferson, every 20 years, uh, it's time for a revolution. It's a good time for a revolution. I believe it was well, Thomas Jefferson. He did say something about refreshing the tree yeah. of liberty with the blood of patriots. I remember yeah. that one clearly. And we're long yeah. overdue. Yeah, I'd like to point out two things, and then we got a couple calls. I'm hoping that we can get all this in. Uh, for one, the desecration of the Capitol as it's portrayed mm -hmm. wasn't those people going in. And I don't believe in going in and rioting and destroying property. And if some rioters approached my house and they smashed in a window in a door, they're getting shot. Sorry, end right. of story. <laughs> we'll deal with the consequences later. Sorry, that's just the way it is. Don't try it in my house. Now, Going back to the desecration of the Capitol, it's a federal building, okay? That's all it is. It's a federal building. The real desecration to that house was when they certified the election of Joseph China Amen. Biden. That's it. Yes. Flat out. And well, they, the desecration only looks so statesmanlike as it steals our nation. That's one. That's one thing point I wanted to get across. And two is... As to the mob's action and reaction and response, Americans sit and boil in the pot, you know, the frog in the pot thing, right? <laughs> because of our tradition of going through the courts, but the courts are corrupt. Yes. And there's the old, old saying, if only Stalin knew, and Stalin knew all along. So I'd like to get on, uh, let's see, we have Joe called first. Joe, you got a minute. Come on, Joe. <laughs> okay, really quickly then. Uh, Twitter and Fashion Book, of course, they're stepped up their censorship. Parlor is being threatened by AWS, who provides their host servers to, to platform them beyond even Apple and Google removing the app from the Play Store. Gabs, Freely, Mewe, you mentioned, aren't safe either. They use Cloudflare services for traffic, so they could block your ability to get to their URL platform. So join all the servers, uh, all the platforms, all the social media. Don't limit yourself. And yes, definitely 
get the word out about this radio show and and station and uh, archives, another link, tinyurl.com slash YAH archives to get to the Your American Heritage archives. Take care, my friends. Love you all. God bless. Thanks, Joe. You almost earned another 30 seconds. We have another guest, but the chat bar went away. I lost it. So, Derek, remind me who we've got coming on and then put him on. We've got Steve from Milan on the phone. Hi, Steve. First time caller? No, uh, many time caller, Ed. You and I talk on Facebook all the time. Um, oh, that's Steve. Like, Thank you. Hi. Okay, I have a quick question for Carrie Benavolia, if I may. Uh, you and I served the same times like you. Uh, I didn't. I didn't serve in country during Vietnam, but I served then, and I think I was the first person in the state to end up in Iraq. I was a one five six signal guy, so we served in the same brigade. Anyway, my question to you, sir, is: everything I've ever been taught about tactics, about establishing a perimeter, was broken at the Capitol, and I'm watching these uh, the police pull down the barriers and and letting the people in and i'm wondering it do you was that some kind of false flag thing why would anybody let the perimeter be I, breached I can answer so that. easily question well, and oh sorry that, well, one at a time and that that was addressed to carrie but i think i saw the capitol police directing them in but carrie yeah uh first of all i i can't uh, talk about something I didn't witness myself, but uh, in the military, yeah, you establish a perimeter and there's uh, procedures for you to walk in. You have to have a password or a pass. We have to know, depending on the security level, you have to have ID cards and all that kind of stuff. Even if you're in the middle of the, the woods uh, in Camp Grayling or Fort Knox, Kentucky, you know, during training or in Iraq, you have to have uh the password and an ID card we have to confirm before you can come in. Okay. I don't understand that either, but I do know that Capitol Police, Capitol Hill Police, not D.C. Police, D.C. Police do have this experience, but you got to understand, these guys have been learning for generations how to deal with um, disruptive protesters. And uh, for me, um, you know, I had to pin... And people could tell, because I came out of the Capitol building and walked into the crowd, they knew that I was, um, you know, coming from the Capitol. And people would walk up to me and go, who are you? You know, hey, uh, I wouldn't tell people you're a congressman. I said, well, I used to be a congressman, and I da 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 And next thing you know, um, everybody is shaking my hand and thanking me for being there. Uh, so I never got any hostile uh, people uh, you know, attacking me, calling me names. Uh, but I will tell you the censorship, and this is very important, is uh, as a uh, non, how can I say, uh, I'm not an elitist Republican. I was elected by divine intervention, in my opinion. Uh, but when I came back and was defeated by a fellow Republican, um, uh, I was no longer invited to Republican groups to speak or, um, you know, traditionally go to a Republican event. And uh, everybody who's been in office or is in his office, their name is called and they're they're thanked. But for some reason, they always forget to mention the Honorable Kerry Bentabolio. 
So okay, what Trump Gary. is going through, what I it, it, I feel such a kinship to him because uh, uh, I'm going. Th- I went through the same thing he's experiencing, and that's why I honestly, with 150 percent of my being, support President Trump. Biden will never be my president, even though they may say he is. Hopefully not, but uh, he's not my president. My president is President Trump because I. We have a lot in common. The only thing we don't okay, have in common Kerry? is our bank accounts. This is much bigger than mine. But <laughs> Okay, so, Kerry, uh, first off, yep, between sir. you and Steve, I want to thank both you guys for serving. Uh, I'm a veteran myself, and as, we bo- as all three of us know, and anybody else listening who served knows, that oath did not have a term of expiration on it. All enemies, right. foreign and domestic. All enemies, foreign and domestic. Steve, did you have a second question? And well, that was it. I just I, time than Joe. It, to me, it looks like a false flag thing. I've seen, um, as you guys have, you know, where the, the police are actually leading them up the stairs. And I'm like, it, so, something's not right about this. There's always a second inner perimeter. Greg could confirm that, too. And I thought, well, maybe that it was just too big. They didn't have enough bodies. And then I'm hearing things like they sent the police home at 10 o'clock in the morning. You've got a million people standing outside. This stinks to high hell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is a crystal knock. This is a setup. This is what the swamp did to make Trump people look bad. And it's working. And ho- thankfully, with YouTube and, and witnesses like, your, like our guest today and many others, uh, actually, I was at the diner this morning. I won't tell you which one. And the waitress was, uh, we were talking, and she said, Oh, she had a very good friend, similar situation, same age as ourselves. The guy served, uh, he retired, he was there, he saw the comms going on, he saw what was happening with the, with the Antifa people, he knew exactly what was going on. I was hoping he could call in, but I didn't get a hold of him soon enough. Yeah, the, it's it's a con job we've been had, and we need to point that out, at our witness. Um, okay, thanks, Steve, I appreciate you calling in, I'll talk to thank you later. Thank you, great show. Oh, thank you, that's good to hear, because I wonder sometimes. So. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? Oh, excuse me. So, uh, Ron, back to yes, you. Uh, do you have any comments? Yeah, um, I was just amazed at how many police officers were brought in. And by the way, um, we did witness uh, these huge white buses coming in. They were filled with Antifa mm-hmm. individuals, and they had a police escort into the city. Isn't that nice? Yeah, I saw a video of that, and the gentleman was pointing it out that he had the video of them coming in, police escort, and yet Absolutely. we never saw Antifa unless, of course, they were dressed as Trump supporters. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah, they were there, yeah. and we saw the uh, the gas. I mean, there was so much tear gas. I mean, it, it must have. I mean, just the huge clouds of it. Even when when we got blocks away, you could still smell it. It was just that strong, and they brought in tons and tons of police. I mean, you'd, I've never seen so many. Died, anybody who died of a respiratory illness due to the uh, tear gas would uh, be a COVID death. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I hate to make fun of people dying, but they'd be a COVID death, right? Every death is now a COVID death. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So let's see now. We have roughly a minute and a half. I want to uh, see. Is there anything else I want to say here? Tell you the truth. Uh, just that Sidney Powell's being sued by Dominion for $1.3 billion. Anybody here think that Sidney Powell has $1.3 billion in the bank? No, I don't think so. 
That is a shut up woman, shut up everybody else motion by Dominion. That's all it is. And I'm hoping it, I hope it turns on him. I hope that she, she is sued. She accepts the suit. She takes him to court, proves her case, and it, it backfires on them. Think that well, could happen? The other thing that's going to backfire on these the elites is the fact that they're shutting down all the social media outlets. Um, people are going to see this because if they're so good, what 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 difference does it make? As uh, Mrs. Clinton would say. Right. Hey guys, there's the music. Wow, quick show. Carrie Benavolio, thank you for joining us. Ron Edwards, Thanks, thank Ed. you for joining us. All you who are listening and our callers, thank you for joining us. Father, please protect our nation in the week to come. Folks, come back and join us next week, but also stay tuned for a moment of clarity. Thank you very much. Bye.